How many of you can honestly say that you know what your parents' needs and wishes are as they continue to age? How many of you do not even know how to start that discussion? We'll cover this important topic on day three of the 30-day preparation plan to care for an aging parent. Hello, Rents. That's Anastasia. She's my 22-year-old daughter. My wife, Phyllis, and I think we did a pretty decent job of raising her. She goes around and calls us Rents. But you know what? I'm all right with that because one day she's going to be raising us. And just wait and see what I'm going to be calling her. My name is Zach Demopoulos. I'm your host. And welcome to the Raising Rents Podcast. Welcome to the Raising Rents Podcast. This show is sponsored by Comfort Care, a national home care provider that will help you live your best life possible. Day three of the 30-day preparation plan is the next step in preparing a plan to become a caregiver. Please be sure to listen to the previous steps for a full picture of what this plan should look like. Keep in mind as we go throughout this process, our primary goal for family caregiving regardless of the circumstances you face, is to provide a loved one with a comfortable, caring environment in which to grow old. On day one, we talked about how the first steps is all about you. Why O-U? Y is for your well-being. O is for overall financial situation, yours and your parents. And the letter U is for understanding your parents' needs, which we're going to talk about today. There are three ways that I could think of to get a good understanding of your parents or any aging adult's wishes and needs as they age. By the way, what I mean by their wishes and needs are things like, do they plan to remain in their home for the rest of their lives? Are they open to downsizing or going to a senior community? Do they have legal documents in place assigning someone to help them with fiduciary and health decisions? They can't make those decisions on their own. Do they have advanced directives in place on how they want to be treated if it came down to life and death situations? Have they planned for long-term care expenses? And how do they want to get around if they no longer can drive a vehicle? You know, things like this. Things that we don't normally talk about. Well, one way to get a good understanding of what your parents might be thinking is to research it. There are so many articles about aging all over the internet, blogs, newsletters, websites, tweets. There are associations dedicated to specific chronic illnesses like arthritis, Alzheimer's, Parkinson's. There really is no excuse not to know or at least to have some idea of what your parents might be going through as they get older. Your only challenge is to find the time to sit down and do the research and determine what's accurate and what's fake. The second way to learn more about your parents is to talk to somebody who's either going through it or has gone through it. Every time I mention to someone that I have a podcast about caring for aging parents, I get their personal story or they tell me about a relative, coworker, or friend that is a caregiver for an aging adult. I mean it every single time. So talking to someone who has had to hire a home health care agency or move a parent to a long-term care community like an assisted living or nursing home or has had a parent fallen down recently is very valuable. You can learn from their mistakes. 
You can pick up some tips. You can even feel a little better about what you're going through because you're not alone. Trust me, you are not alone. At my home care agency, get at least one phone call a week from someone who is going through some of the scenarios I just described. By the way, I got into the home care business because I failed at these first two steps. When my mother needed help to care for my dad, I was clueless. I called the employee assistance program at work and I did exactly what they told me to do and I went and hired an agency blind and I didn't do any research and I didn't talk to anybody who's already gone through it. My mother fired them after the second day and candidly, I fired them as well. I couldn't even get them on the phone to get them to help me with some of the problems I was going through. The third way, which is probably the best way, is just to talk with your parents. Ask them questions. Listen. Have a good conversation about what some of the scenarios will be that they may face in the future. This way is probably the hardest, too, especially if you're not used to having these kind of conversations with your parents. Most of us don't, but it's never too late to start. In episodes one through five of Raising Rents podcast, we reviewed the nine beginner steps to raising parents. Please go back and listen to these episodes if you like. I'm convinced they will help you prepare for some of these difficult conversations, if they truly will be difficult. You'll probably find that your parents are receptive to some of these conversations. And the more you bring them up, the more receptive they will be. The key is to follow some, if not all, of the beginner steps, which I've talked about. And you can find on my website, www.raisingrents.com. Some of these steps are, number one, be good to yourself. Number two, be resourceful. Number three, be talking and listening. Number four, be patient. Number five, be compassionate. Number six, be respectful. Seven, have fun. Eight, be loving. And nine, just be there. Have these conversations and be present. My dad died six years ago this month. My dad died six years ago this month of October. Shortly after his passing, I started telling mom that she may have to consider to move out of the good-sized ranch house that she lives in today. She did not want anything to do with that. She would get angry at me just by mentioning it. Over time, she has softened up. In fact, her last visit here in New Jersey, we talked about the possibility of downsizing, and we had a really good conversation about it, and she was actually open to it. Imagine if I had this conversation with Dad was still around. Perhaps he would have shared some of his wishes, like he didn't want Mom living alone in the home if he was not going to be here, kind of giving her permission to consider it earlier than later. Though she still needed to go through her grieving process, she may have come to the conclusion sooner, knowing that this is something that he wanted. So how do you approach this conversation? Well, it depends on your relationship with your parents and how comfortable you think they will be. I recommend baby steps. Start off by using scenarios, like hypotheticals, ideally referencing others so they don't think that this is directly about them. For example, Saying something like, wow, can you believe that uncle so-and-so is finally moving to an assisted living home? Or what happened to your neighbor so-and-so? You get the gist. The tricky part comes when you now have to redirect the conversation to them. The best way I have found to do that is just by asking questions. For example, after mentioning 
the thing about uncle so-and-so moving to an assisted living, you can ask, what do you think about places like an assisted living? Or when, if ever, would you ever consider moving into a place like that? Other ways to start the conversation is, hey, mom, dad, I was reading the other day about people living at home as they get older. They talked about this, so-and-so. Have you thought about this? And what do you think about it? Sometimes, again, depending on your relationship and how many baby steps you've taken, a more direct route is the best route. For example, have you thought about what you would do if one of you, God forbid, were to get really sick? Saying if one of you die might be a little too strong, and personally, I would get turned off by it. But you'll get there. Patience and baby steps. There is a lot to talk about when it comes to aging, whether it's remaining at home, downsizing, or having options for long-term care. You have to have these conversations so you know what they wish to do when those decisions need to be made, what they wish for, and what some of the options are. You have to prepare for this stuff in advance. For example, to remain at home, who's going to manage the property, do the shopping, food preparation, housekeeping, laundry, transportation, and manage medications if one of them or both of them can't do it? Who will do the feeding, dressing, grooming, walking, bathing, and assistance with toileting? Will the home be able to meet their needs? Can they live on the first floor? Or are there stairs that they're going to have to climb? And are they going to have to put a stair lift in? Are they going to need ramps, grab bars? Are they going to have to enter a shower instead of climbing over a tub? Or if they're going to downsize, where would they live if they didn't live there? Who would they need to be close to? Family, friends, professionals. What activities do they want to consider? Shopping, church, doctors, club, hobbies. And how would they go about selling their home, moving their possessions, decreasing their possessions? And then to move to a long-term care option, what are the options? How much will they cost? And would they like them or not? These are some of the things, again, that you're going to have to talk about. You know, in these discussions, you're going to find some things out that you didn't know about your parents. For example, uh, what are their favorite possessions? Like, we all know dad loves his chair, but what is mom like? Maybe it's gardening in their yard that they would miss if they left their home. Their privacy, the space. You know, there are, there are things that they're going to bring up to you that you didn't think about. And you need to make mental notes. This isn't the time, though, to try to persuade them to do other things or minimize their feelings about these things. It's all about taking mental notes and start preparing for down the road when decisions have to be made. And speaking about decisions being made, one thing that does get overlooked and it's really important, uh, and I have to tell you, is a very difficult conversation, and that is advanced directives. Phyllis and I, who are 55 years old today, we sat down with a lawyer a few years ago and drew up our advanced directives. God forbid something happens to one of us or both of us, and we can't answer for ourselves. We want our kids to know our wishes. Most of our parents have wills that they drew up years ago. Candidly, they're probably outdated. Legal documents today are much more complex, and usually an elder care attorney is the best professional to assist them with this, not the family friend. Either way, advanced directives need to be written up and documented, and individuals need to be identified as to who will represent them, whether it's fiduciary or health decisions or both, when the time comes where they can't make those decisions on their own. So that was day three. I hope it was helpful. Join me for day four when we talk about visiting mom and dad in their home 
and what you should be looking out for as you put together a preparation plan for them if they're going to age in home safely. Thank you for listening to the Raising Rents podcast. This was episode 12. If you have any questions or feedback, please go to our website, www.raisingrents.com and click on the contact tab. You can also find the show notes and references to anything we talked about. Until we talk again, remember, our parents raised us. The least we can do is help raise them. Talk to you later.